0: Welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring Fantasy Flight Games' as Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. And I'm Dan. And today we're going to be addressing some of the new developments to the cast, uh, as well as talking about some of the most recent player cards, starting with Order of the Elders. Uh, but first, a disclaimer. Here at MUR, we've been accepting applications for positions on the cast. And today we have our first edition. Introducing Ben. Hello. So Ben has been a member of the university administration for a while now and he's taking some time off to join us today. Glad to have you here Ben.
1: Glad to be here. Ben, Definitely. what's
2: your uh, what's your what's your normal job in university administration? What do you what do you do?
1: Uh I go over the minute details of the documents. It's very exciting. Uh and I I usually find the errors like, you know, at least 90% of the time. So it's pretty good. <laughs> Ben is also active
0: on the forums. Uh he he spends a lot of time uh thinking about FAQ updates and uh you know how how interesting the team has made this wonderful, wonderful game. Uh
2: Ben is also a co-designer of Arkham Horror the Card Game. Ben has designed uh one thirteenth of one card. So uh that's which is really exciting. Ben, what can you what can you tell us about the process of uh designing a card for Arkham Horror the Card Game?
1: Oh, uh, I cannot disclose any of the information. I signed an NDA, so unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I cannot discuss anything wow. on the topic uh, at great risk to my own personal I mean, sanity.
2: I mean, no one's no one's actually listening. Like you can you can no not,
1: tell us. It's we, fine. No, I'm sure there's people <laughs> who are listening. No, uh, that's dedication. Yeah, you know.
0: So. Ben, we know that you're you're the you're the who we would call the rules guy over there at, at uh, administration. So maybe you want to lead us through some of the most recent FAQ updates uh, that just happened.
1: Uh, all right, um, there wasn't too much uh, that was like super interesting for the FAQ. Mostly, it was like clarifications on uh, on interactions that uh, were were sort of straightforward. If you made some like intuitive. Uh, Estimations of the rules, but they clarified it just to sure. make it easy. Um, they talked about like how attachments work there weren't really rules for clarifying like control of of different cards when it becomes attached to like another player's card or to an encounter card,
0: okay, so these are things like uh intrepid or like uh Upgraded. shortcut, shortcut or... that kind of thing yeah
1: yeah, yeah uh yeah shortcut that's shortcut itself they like clarified saying, oh, any any investigator can use uh shortcut level two. Uh previously for the rules, it you could attach shortcut to a location and it has an ability on it that says uh as a fast action you can move to another location. Uh but because they didn't say any investigator can use this card, and because oh, of how right, control right, right. works, you could no one else could actually use the upgraded shortcut, which kind of made it not uh not actually good except for maybe in solo. And I think a lot of people probably played it the way it was intended, but now they you know they clarified yep. it, so I guess so that, so it's all by the book now. Uh
2: I definitely did that. I think we've we've seen it happen before a couple of times where there's been a card that technically according to the strictest interpretation of the rules doesn't quite work the way that they intended it to work, and they just eroded it right. afterwards and put it in the FAQ. So Yeah, which yeah,
1: yeah. you know sometimes sometimes stuff slips through like that and you know, that's why they got the administration team yep. to uh Dot all those T's and cross all those X's. Wait. Yeah, you uh, don't
2: actually you don't actually <laughs> dot T's, I'm pretty sure. But uh, you know <laughs> <that's> uh, <okay.
0: laughs> So anything else? Any any other big uh announcements that they made? Any Uh
1: t- No they they mentioned how like and they clarified like how when you're resolving chaos tokens uh that you need to if you're resolving multiple of them due to cards like premonition or uh what's the new one olivia the new, new recent ally yeah yeah yeah. that like if you resolve multiple tokens anything that says like resolve a token you resolve multiple tokens again what you mean not dark prophecy right dark prophecy you just resolve one of those tokens right
0: oh yeah yeah olivia olivia uh, or olive or whatever she's the one that um you resolve too right yeah yeah uh,
1: yep. yeah gotcha gotcha olivia? i don't know i'm oh, olive nope i was no close it's a close uh <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh yeah, but so it was just it's just simple simple clarifications on like how exactly these work that the rules weren't perfectly defining, which again you need to do yeah. uh to to make it all above board, but sometimes you can just kind of like figure out what they intended by how these rules work. So let's just clarified it and that's good. Um, it's one, uh, it's almost kind of less essential because this is a
2: cooperative game and not a competitive game with tournaments and stuff that,
0: right, right, um, right.
2: it's still nice that they put out these FAQs and clarify how everything's supposed to go, but even if they didn't, you know, because it's cooperative, each play group can kind of handle it in the way that seems most normal yeah. and most intuitive to them. And that works too.
1: There was, uh, they did make a couple clarifications to specific interactions with Forgotten Age, With a couple of the scenarios where you have effects that say in the next scenario, you know, you have some benefit or some penalty. And because Fronting Age, uh, I guess spoilers, I don't know, what's our spoiler talk on this? None? A lot? There's a couple scenarios that you can replay them, and it just says that, like, if you had an effect that said, like, the next scenario, and you replay that scenario, that effect continues, so you get the benefit or suffer from it again. Uh, Okay. Mm. Which. Gotcha. There was one scenario I don't remember off the top of my head that that has like a weird interaction where you can like, s- if you have certain conditions, you can basically like re- skip like replaying the scenario. Uh, hmm. Huh. You know, there was there was some discussion on it on the forums, but.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Good to have a good yeah. to have an overview of
2: how that's going.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. So. That kind of wraps it up, right?
1: Yeah, not, not much not much as I said. There's not you know, too much that was like super exciting. Uh there was one card I think they changed the behavior a bit, uh one I could definitely can't pronounce, so obviously we can't talk about it. Uh <laughs> Is it they, yeah, Yaudl. They changed the behavior a little bit on that. Uh to They um, had to nerf
2: that super good combo that was like breaking the game and I, just like uh, totally taking oh, yeah, the entire
1: yeah. meta. I well actually they, it's, um, I think I think they technically made it better for, like, low numbers of players, and it's, like, basically the same for uh, four players. Uh, so oh, you're bad. talking
0: about wait, wait so Yaudel, uh as a fast action, you can use him to discard a card, right? Yeah. To do something specific. And the limit
1: was once per turn, which right. turn uh, means, like, each player's turn. So you could trigger it, like, during player one, player two, player three— and then be your turn trigger oh. it, so you could discard four cards in the player phase. And then if you have cards that let you manipulate your graveyard or your discard pile, uh, you know, you could take advantage of that. Now they change it to once per phase, which makes it consistent in that, like, each round, you can discard four cards, but you can't necessarily dump them all, like, all at once in one player turn. I don't know, I haven't really used, right, right, right. Uh, used her that much to, like, do that combo, but I don't know opens a inter- bunch of possibilities for that style of deck that's like a graveyard control
0: yeah that's kind of cool they they seem to be receiving more love every every set um they just came out with that cool um oh, what the heck was it called the one from the last uh not the last one but it was like a cycle of things that you can do to and to kind of give yourself a flat bonus to a skill value i can't remember what the card was called cornered i think is that right
2: yeah cornered was the red one right yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind
0: of cool in in respects to that, but but anyway. Yeah.
2: All right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all
0: I have to say about the FAQ right now. Cool. Well, all right then. So then we'll just kind of move straight into the um the heart of the Elders cards if we want to start talking about those. All right. Let's start off with the first card in the pack. Uh, the guardian cards will start with Intrepid. Dan, you
2: want to lead us through Intrepid? Sure. This is a skill. It's innate. It has one will icon on it, and it says. If this test is successful, add Intrepid to your play area as an asset with the text: "You get +1 intellect, +1 combat, and +1 agility. Forced at the end of the round, discard Intrepid." So, uh, hmm. yeah, seems I don't know, seems bad. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, would, I mean, <laughs> I would agree. It's it's. It doesn't sound. <laughs> It doesn't seem great. Uh, I mean, maybe if you're doing a combo where like you're having taking a bunch of actions in a turn because you're playing Skids or something, or like any any rogue can do a lot of like extra action stuff, so you can benefit from all those plus ones. But I don't know. That's like a once per game, maybe, and.
2: I I just, yeah, I think we've yeah, yeah. seen that something that gives you plus one to all stats is way worse than it well, seems. This isn't even all stats. Case. It's uh that's, it doesn't, that's the, it doesn't that's boost will. The... The... Yeah. This isn't even all stats. I know. Though. I know what I'm saying. Like that's the dark horse law is that something that gives you plus one to all stats is probably bad unless it just gives you plus one to all stats all the time for free. Um, well, key of ease is the exception, right? Yeah. But like, again, that's cause it's like all the time.
1: Yeah. It only becomes good
2: yeah, really yeah. actually yeah. once you have
1: two on it anyway. And
2: even that, like, that's a great right, card, right, right. but you need, like, Peter or something. You need some kind of a horror soak to, like, keep it active, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least yeah. other assets to to put things on, right? Yeah. So, so this is interesting, though, to me because it's – right now, I believe it's the only card that starts out as a skill and then, if successful, becomes an asset. So it's, like, two – almost two different – card types at once which is kind of weird and i'm sure could be strange as the card pool develops like lead to some weird interactions
2: i mean it is it is interesting because could you you get this down on the field and then at the end of the round so okay so i guess you could like draw into the flame and draw a crypt chill and then discard it or something or right exactly those are the kind
0: of interactions that that
2: well here's the interesting interesting thing could you I guess it's an asset with the text forced on it. So even if you like teamworked it to somebody else, they would still discard it at the end of the round.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm thinking like if there was a way to like bounce it back to your hand, you know, like I can't think of anything right now, but if there's ever anything that does that kind of thing,
2: then it would be a bad card that you can play twice. Exactly. Yep. But two of,
1: so four times. (laughs) I mean, you could also, you can play this as part of a skill test on someone else's turn so that you benefit from it or I don't know.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that kind of a, a little upside to or, it.
1: Or
2: or even during mythos phase, yeah. if if you really want to. So mm-hmm. uh should we move on to the next one?
0: Yeah, so yeah. So the next card uh is called Custom Ammunition.
1: Uh Ben, you want to take us through this one? Sure. Uh this is a guardian card. It's an event. It, is, it has the traits upgrade, supply, and blessed on it. Uh cost three Play costs 3 XP to put in your deck, and it has a uh, strength and agility icons on it. Uh, the text is: It's fast. Play only during your turn. You attach it to a firearm asset controlled by Investigate at your location. Place two ammo on that asset, and you can. It has a limit once per asset, or one per asset. And then attacks performed by the attached asset do an extra plus one damage against monster enemies. So not only does it reload your gun a little bit. But it also makes it a little bit better against some of the scary enemies, which usually monsters fall into that category. Interesting. Is
2: it, a, compared to extra ammunition, which sort of does a similar thing, what's, how much does extra ammunition cost and how much ammo does it give you? I can't remember.
1: Um, Isn't it cost two? Too... like...
2: I thought it was, yeah, two for three or something, I think. Yeah, I mean, that God, definitely... It's really bad that, that I don't remember this. That gives you a better <laughs> ratio of, like, giving you more bullets per resource, um, but it doesn't give you the, you know, um, plus one damage against monsters thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think that uh, I think if you're it's really hard, it's hard to see that you'd really want to play this. I think if the campaign was like really full of monsters, then maybe it would be worthwhile. Um, but it just seems like the problem with all these things is you're probably playing like machete and some type of gun. So you have to actually have the gun out on the field for this to be good. And even
1: and one other yeah. weird thing with it is it's blessed, so like Mateo can play it. Uh so yes. if he's paired with if he's say. paired with a guardian, then and I don't know, he has room in his deck that he wants to put this in his deck, he can use it to like buff his ally.
2: Yeah, but, I mean that's like a cool that's kinda like a cool flavor yeah. thing. But. I'm
0: guessing I think that um the application here is if people are going to be playing standalone missions, right, like the Ruguru, for example. I'm pretty sure the Rougarou is a monster, and if he isn't, then that's pretty bad. But um, if, if you're going to be doing that with a certain amount of experience, I could see taking custom cam- ammunition because you know 100% that you're going to be up against the Ruguru, which is a monster, right? Um, that kind of a sis- situation I could see it doing well in. But otherwise, it's kind of tough to know, especially if it's a newly released campaign, where you're kind of going, obviously going into it blind. Um, it's just hard to see... Uh, that it would it would see use every time you know what i mean and i think those symbols would just have to be a little better to make it that flexible you know in order to use it um otherwise like if you wanted to commit it for something maybe it should have had another wild symbol on it that way you can commit it for two fight or two agility that would make it pretty all right to like take but even still three experiences a lot so
2: yeah i i agree like if this was ever going to be really worth it it would be like i'm putting this in for the last scenario because i know we're going to be dealing with some hideous monster that has a lot of health and we really need to kill it fast yeah but even in that situation you might just rather have a more versatile card that doesn't need you to actually already have a gun um you know what? (laughs) like monster slayer (laughs) yeah there you go uh you know what i just thought of it would be really cool if they made like a purple magic gun at some point like a you know magical gun that shoots magic bullets that'd be like a neat card to have and maybe maybe in that case like you play father mateo with that well then
0: i'm having a premonition that 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 is in the cards for later oh uh, is that like already been
2: spoiled and i just don't know about it because i don't look at spoilers oh no i don't know oh, no. okay. i'm just saying
1: he's just referencing like uh, he's referencing another card we're going to talk about shortly it's a spoiler for this you got my, discussion you got my hopes
2: up there dane and, and then you there was nothing to back it up and i now i feel really disappointed Um, (laughs) let's, let's, uh, fix my disappointment and general sadness by moving on to the next card. Um, Dane, do you want to do otherworldly compass?
0: Yeah. So seeker cards, which are usually the best cards in the game. Um, otherworldly compass costs two. It's an asset. It costs two pips of experience. Uh, you can, um, commit it for two intelligence symbols. It's an item and notably it's a relic, which is kind of big in this, uh, this Mm -hmm. set. Um, As an action, you can exhaust Otherworldly Compass to investigate. Your location gets minus X shroud for this investigation. X is the number of revealed locations connected to your location. Yeah. So let's see. Your location gets minus X shroud for this investigation. So this is interesting um, because I think that it's, it's almost like not as good in the Forgotten Age, I think, because the nature of exploring means that you kind of don't see as many places unless you really like more more often than not you're going to want to just like the first ancient place or the first place that you see that you need to get to you will go there and and you know do that um
2: but i don't think it's bad can we Um, um, i think it's pretty fine can we compare this with magnifying glass because that it has a lot in common it's a hand item that sort of makes it easier to investigate so compared to magnifying glass this costs more money and more xp Uh, and you can only use it once per turn because you have to Mm -hmm. exhaust it and you can only use it if you're actually just using the, if you're actually using the action on the card, you can't use it to like do an investigation that's on a location or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So it's a lot less, it's a lot less flexible and often it's only going to give you like minus one shroud, which is the same as a magnifying glass, basically. Uh, sometimes it's going to give you like minus two or three, so it's going to help a little bit more. But I feel like mm. I would, even forgetting the money and the XP, I think I would just generally rather have magnifying glass most of the time.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Then, your point about it. Um, oh, go ahead, Ben. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, reducing shroud is technically better than just buffing your intellect, but um, right. it's true. It's it's a little bit better, but if, it's if you're using this on like a, a pretty marginal benefit. Yeah, if you're using this on like a mm. non seeker, this might be better than like magnifying glass yeah like, someone like, like if it doesn't have naturally high intellect
2: like if it's low mm-hmm. enough that you can lower it to zero you probably don't need either of these and you can just succeed
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's the your point about it not being able to be uh like like offer any help with locations and cards that say like give you a specific investigate action for example like the man in pal mask um that yeah. kind of thing, like, that's really bad. Like, even magnifying glass helps with that. Even
2: things like, aren't there you know cards, I mean? like, I don't know if Decipher Reality or, like, there, there's other cards that basically make you do an investigate action, and this wouldn't work with Sure, those. yeah, like, in the know and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. I don't know, I like the art on it, I like the compass, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I was Yeah, the art's amazing.
0: I was going to refer to it as a super magnifying glass, but now that you brought up that point, that's just, that's almost like...
2: Whew, I am not gonna pay too It's also just this. once once per turn, right? Like magnifying glass, you know, with a seeker a lot of times yeah, you're like, right, oh, Okay, my whole right. turn is investigate three times, or if you're sure. if you're uh Ursula four times. Yeah. So, like
0: Yeah, you know. the other thing is that I mean it's a more minor point, but you have to you have to use the whole action to get this down, whereas magnifying glass is already fast.
2: Oh yeah. So, That's a good point too. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, not not seeing me using it anytime soon, but I like the art on it.
1: It's, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I also like the art. I was thinking that this might be maybe the best art in this pack, but um, yeah, I could agree. It's pretty good. I I haven't looked at the other art for the cards
2: we haven't talked about yet, but this is definitely pretty good. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's uh let's let's move on. Otherworldly compass. We've seen enough of you. Uh, let's move on to Exposed Weakness. Dan, you want to kind of cycle it back through?
2: Uh, sure. So, uh, yeah, secret cards are usually the best ones, right? Um, so right. This, is a, this is an event. It has the insight uh, trait or whatever, cost zero resources, cost three XP, um, has a intellect, a strength, and a question mark on it. Fast, play during any uh, instant lightning bolt player window. Choose an enemy at your location. Test intellect X where X is that enemy's fight value. If you succeed, treat that enemy's fight value as if it were zero for the next attack performed against it. this phase. Draw one card. Here's my first question because I don't remember exactly how the original exposed weakness works. What is hmm. the difference between this and the original exposed
1: weakness?
0: So I think I can answer this unless Ben has an immediate uh, cranial archive of this.
1: <laughs> uh, I think it... It, you don't get the card draw on the original one, and right. it reduces the fight value to zero on this new one instead of one. Uh, which
0: Oh, I thought it was the difference between the amount that you succeeded by. And yeah, the, the, the
1: original or one right? was reduce
2: it by one for each point you succeed by. Yes, uh, yep, yep. And the other differences are the original one cost one XP instead of three, and the original one did not have a question mark. It had like a second uh, strength icon on it.
1: So, yeah, so this one that means you just need to pass a test to drop it to zero, which is definitely uh-huh. a little bit better. I, so, I mean, do we all agree the original exposed weakness was really, really
2: bad? Yes. I, th- this one, like, honestly, the, the, the wild symbol
0: kind of makes it appealing. Uh, those are two really good things to be, to be, uh, have two of at any given time.
2: Yeah, I. I mean, it's, this is just a. You have to compare it against all the other things seekers can spend three XP on, though, oh, right? Like, oh
0: yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's it, it's it's a card that I would take. I'm saying that that's a, a good part of, of it.
2: Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, and it also, you know, drawing a card when you use it is good. I, I think it just still doesn't push this to like, like it, it makes the dumb like shotgun combo a little bit uh more reliable. But I still think this is not good. You say dumb. <laughs> I say gutsy yeah i don't know
1: i mean i think yeah. it,
2: especially if you're if you're like a, a seeker and you're planning to use this yourself like oh if i need to fight an enemy once i could use this to do it um mind over matter is like a much more flexible card that does the same thing and right right right, right. and then there's stuff like i've got a plan in melteroni that are even better solutions to that so strange some might say yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so all in
0: all secret cards a little lacking, right?
2: Like, yeah, uh, I don't think uh, either of those are really gonna uh, gonna make it into many decks, but that's all right. They have enough good yeah. cards already, so
0: yeah. However, this next card, the rogue cards, of which there is only one, and boy, is it a rogue card! Do you want to uh, bring us bring us into this uh, incredible card? Uh, ben? Yeah,
1: you're talking about uh, Lilla Santiago, right? Uh, you oh oh absolutely. This is no, yeah. uh, no nonsense herself. No nonsense. None of it.
2: I like so. I like nonsense archaeologists a little better than uh, oh. nonsense archaeologists. <laughs> but
0: what know. is the number of nonsense she's going to put up with? Yeah, it's. I would say
2: roughly zero nonsense,
1: or <laughs> hovering around there. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so yes, yeah, so this is a rogue card. Uh, it's an ally asset. Um, has the keywords ally and wayfarer, which I don't think the wayfarer. I'm not sure if that's been used before, but. That doesn't do much right now. Pretty
0: sure it's an investigator, right?
1: Uh, it might be. Maybe it not. probably should have been on some. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's uh, yours will let us know. Yeah. It costs three. Uh, it costs three to play. Costs three experience from your deck. Has two intellect icons on it, and uh, she's an investigator that has two elf and two sanity, and you get a passive plus one intellect, plus one agility while she is in your asset area. But her uh I think the big thing that everyone's pretty excited for is her free action is you can exhaust her uh spend x resources and then discover one clue at your location where x is the shroud value of the location you're at, so yeah, so this is uh this is a pretty good card for i guess it's just rogues that probably have access to her that uh let them like spend a lot of their money that usually are have in excess. And yeah. help them scoop up more clues, which is uh something they weren't great at before, or at least they didn't have good cards to buff them.
0: Yeah, I mean this is this is no nonsense. <laughs> I, I truly think that this is a very good ally. I, I think I don't remember if we discussed it uh earlier, but it's definitely worth discussing. Um so there's the whole Leo conundrum dealing with rogues where they have all of these allies and none of them are as nearly as good as leo because leo just has a really vanilla solid effect right like just having an extra action is huge even if you have to pay six or five for it but this is like the whole the whole of, of of investigators progressing the game is is um not exploring uh discovering clues right so she allows you to do exactly that without having to spend an action to do so and the idea is obviously investigator uh, uh the rogues have a lot of money, and you can use her on that in addition, it gives you the bonus of of uh another in- intellect and another uh uh foot <laughs> agility
2: yeah i mean i I would almost think of it in the opposite direction, like to me. I think we've seen like, you know, Peter Sylvester level two is really, really good. I think an ally mm-hmm. that gives you plus one to like your two most relevant skills or like your main skill and a second one that you still want to use for, yeah. for a reasonable cost is just very good. So if, yeah, that is true. So if you're playing like Finn or somebody that's like investigating and evading things and if you're using lock picks and stuff where you can use both of those, I think this is just really solid. Um and the the action of the the oh that's right the instant ability to spend money to get clues i'm not quite as into that as you guys are. I think it's really good if you're on a place with low shroud and you can like investigate three times and spend a resource to just get a fourth clue or whatever like that's really good. I think if you're on a place that has like four or five shroud unless you just really have like infinite money and nothing else to spend it on. I think that's not a great way to spend money, but like there are times where you're gonna use it, so I think that's good. I just yeah yeah I, I, all i'm saying is i think that getting the plus one to, to uh intellect and agility is is like definitely really relevant and and maybe maybe even better than the the other ability
1: yeah no i agree with that mm. it's especially because it's great how it combos with lockpicks which uses both of those yeah so yeah that that's dan mentioned
0: that and i was like oh can we Damn. can
2: we get an upgraded lockpicks that you can use, doesn't exhaust itself, please? Like that would be God. that would honestly really help like all the green characters if there was like a level two or three lockpicks that wait, you could wait, wait. Use more wait. than once per turn. Lockpicks exhaust itself? Yeah. yeah. Have you been using it like multiple times per turn? <laughs>
1: No, no comment. Sounds like your no comment What's that you're Doing solo uh, might oh, need to start over. You, you got
2: you gotta read the cards, Dan. Anyways, you gotta read the cards, listen, man. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> what I'm thinking about Lola, though. What,
0: what I'm thinking about that's relevant about
2: Lola? Dane, you know this uh, card, you have to exhaust too. You can't just do this like infinitely many times. You have to actually. Oh
0: <laughs> <exhaust>. no!
2: <laughs> listen, Lola.
0: Remember how good Drawn to the Flame is? She does what Drawn to the Flame does. So if there's a door on your location, or not a, do- uh, is it the door that you can do Drawn to the Flame through?
2: Dane's <laughs> t- 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 out here like, oh, green characters are actually good now. Yeah, buddy, you gotta you gotta turn that lockpick sideways when you use it. Like, <laughs> listen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I felt so good to do, too. It's, it's, see, it's, it's like a good card, but it's like, I feel like the God. level, there should be a level zero lock pick that exhausts itself, and then like a level two that doesn't. Instead, there's like uh-huh. level one that costs three and takes up a hand slot and exhausts itself. Listen, whatever. You, know. you don't
0: even need that but, now we uh, have Lola. Right?
2: Yeah, like five <laughs>
1: experience gets you Lola and those two things. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but you're right. No, you can use Lola and like drawn to the flame through like a locked door or something that prevents you from investigating, but not, the, the, but yeah. doesn't prevent you from discovering clues. So yeah,
0: yeah. There's also the newest one from um, Return to Return to the Um uh, the Midnight Masks, <laughs> otherwise otherwise known as um, Night of the Return of Threads of Fate. No, yeah. Threads of Fate. Uh there's that one encounter card that says you have to use an additional um action when you're uh investigating there. This kind of just gets through that too. Yeah. No nonsense. Yeah. None of that. That's true. None of that. Shroud? No. Uh-huh. It's true.
2: <laughs> so she she has she provides great value on stats. She avoids nonsense and she acts as a pretty yeah. good money sink. So yeah, very very good card.
0: Just kind of as an aside. I like that they're, they're more flavorful with these kinds of things, too. She's no nonsense. And the next card we're going to talk about is also pretty amusing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the next card is Olive McBride. She will try anything once. And probably only once. Um, she costs two to play. She's an asset. You can um, uh, commit her for a, a will symbol. She's an ally. She's a witch, for what that matters. It was a great movie. Uh If you exhaust it, when you would reveal a chaos token, uh, exhaust Olive McBride, reveal three tokens, uh, chaos tokens, instead of one, choose two of those tokens to resolve, and ignore the other. And she's got one uh, health and three sanity, which is pretty good odds, or pretty good uh, stats, rather. So what do do you think
2: about this? At the the risk of repeating myself, it sounds pretty bad. Like... I don't know. I think that the things that are like preemptive avoiding chaos tokens and not reactions are kind of tricky to evaluate because so things things that are like oh I'm about to do this test I'm going to use this card on this test to do some kind of special thing where I get to avoid tokens that's like you're probably mm-hmm. holding it in your hand and you're saving it a while it's not like lucky where you can use it like after the fact um which is way better so it's also, um, when you would reveal a Chaos Token, exhaust all of McBride. So that means this definitely happens the first time after upkeep that you would reveal a Chaos Token. No matter what, you can't choose to wait for like the one that you want to use it on.
1: Mm, no, that's not true. Really? Uh, oh, because yeah, it doesn't say forced. It's not forced, it's just a reaction. Ugh. So you can choose when, if you trigger those reactions or not.
2: No, you're right. But even still, you only get to use it. You get to use it once per turn. And I don't know. I, I don't think this is going to help you very much because it's you have to the three that you reveal have to be like, oh, there's like a minus one, a minus two and a tentacles. Obviously, I'll pick the two that aren't tentacles. You What if you draw like a minus three and a minus three and a skull or something like that? Like it's there's a lot of times where it's just going to be bad. But yeah, that's
0: the thing, right? Like that, that's just sometimes you just make it worse for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but i think that uh my application is jim in carcosa with dark prophecy and olive mcbride it it definitely sounds janky and it and it definitely is but i would be eager to see how it works with jim because jim is the only one who benefits from seeing a specific chaos token other than the uh, elder sign obviously but um for jim's kind of purpose he almost has four elder signs in the uh in in carcosa so that would be kind of cool to see
1: how that goes but you know again just kind of a cool mention I'm sure, that's totally true he has he his skulls are good for him most of the time in carcosa but some sometimes skull effects yeah. uh don't benefit from his ability and they're like oh draw again or you get a penalty or something like he doesn't get to ignore the modifier part <laughs>
2: That's that's a fair point, hmm. though. Like, if you have a character or a deck that's, like, looking for specific things and you really want to find skulls, like, yeah, Carcosa you have three skulls and, like, Jim wants to draw them. I could see this maybe being decent in that, I guess, actually. Because it is – it doesn't cost XP and it's two resources for something that has, like, some sanity on it. So you're going to get some benefit from that. So I could see it being good in that kind of a deck. yeah. I just I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just if you're playing kind of like a standard like mystic like Agnes or something I would not put this in your deck thinking like oh yeah this ability where you get to look at three chaos tokens is really going to help me succeed on tests cuz I don't think it is.
0: I I would not put this in your deck period. When you have access to Peter you play Peter.
2: <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure. That is that is well, that is it. But there's charisma. Unless you have access to Leo. I mean there's charisma but there's even better second allies like um Arcane Initiate for Agnes and stuff right? So
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or I know I know that people who play um Norman kind of play uh Alyssa, right? Cuz Alyssa's kind of cool with the whole check in the top of the deck kind of a thing, but but yeah. Um I I like the effect. I like that they went there with this kind of uh, effect. And I think that it also kind of has some inherent synergy with uh with sealing, right? If, if people are playing kind of seal stuff, they can seal like the, the bad chaos tokens they can see like the minus five or something like that and and kind of be a little more assured that that it'll turn out good for them um but it definitely won't though
2: <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting i mean I, I like that it's zero xp because it's like low risk you could put it in your deck and try it out and see how it goes um i don't think it's good but like i like we'll try anything once i like that it's not like over costed so that's good yeah yeah
0: yeah so listen Ben's got a lot to say about this next card. I know because he's definitely
1: a Silas player. Right, it's true. I I do like I, I do like Silas. So this card is a defiance. It's a mystic skill.
2: Uh, it is innate and developed. Uh, oh, it's oh, it's innate. There you go. Uh, two XP has one question mark on it. Ignore the effects of all skull, cultist, tablet,
1: and squid symbols during this test, including their modifiers. Yep. I think this is a a very good card for Silas. It Might not be good for anybody else, but because <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it might be okay. So, I don't know. I, there's something no that I would be excited to put it in, other than Silas. Do
2: you want to? In case people haven't played Silas, because I don't know if everybody's been buying the books or whatever. Do you yeah. Wanna, can you briefly explain why Defiance is like particularly good for Silas?
1: Okay, I, I was about to, to ask the same thing. T- try to remember exactly, but his his ability is uh, when he makes a skill test once per round. Uh, before, like after you reveal the token, but before you like resolve the effects of the test, you can pull one of the cards you've committed back into your hand. Uh, so, like if you've overcommitted a card or undercommitted because you drew tentacles and you could fail anyway, you can like recover one of your skill cards. But with defiance, because it has a effect that's ignore the effects of these tokens, that effect triggers like before the window where you would pull back the commit. So you can benefit by committing Defiance to a test, ignoring a bad token, and then you can pull Defiance back and, you know, probably pass the test because you you had an effect of zero on your token.
2: Wow. I I didn't even know it worked like that. I thought it was just good yeah, because neither. like if you didn't draw this particular token, you can pull it back and save it for no. next time. Like I, no. I thought it was just like kind of wow. – it's like we were talking about earlier where things that are reactive if you draw a bad token are better than ones where you have to decide in advance because then you can like save them for when you really need them. I thought it was just right. like that was why it was good for Silas. I didn't even realize that you can basically get it for free every time. Mm yeah that's crazy so
0: that's redonkadonk it's a
1: big step up from the previous defiance which is what i used when we we played silas last because this card wasn't out yet but uh it says yeah you don't just have to pick the worst token sorry to clarify the original one you just picked one of the bad tokens this one you get to benefit from all of them although it's
2: that's that's it's worth mentioning that there is one very bad token that you are not allowed to pick
1: that's true, but uh, I don't think there's any cards yet that let you. Except for actually, I guess Mateo uh, has a way to counter tentacles, but everybody else is uh, out of luck. Also, Wendy. That's also why the statue
2: is so good, right? Like the statue is one thing that actually oh, yeah, gets yeah. you through tentacles. So true. Yeah. Well, that is true. So even given yeah. all of this, so so that's I, crazy. I think we we probably all agree that this is very very good for Silas and probably pretty bad for everybody else, right? Yeah, this is like really like this is incredible. Like auto include in Silas, right? Yeah. Like everybody
0: else, like probably not, but like this is really. I had no idea that's how the interaction works. It's also because like if you if you let's say if you commit a courage, right, as Silas to attest, if you've got like three versus three and you commit a courage and you get a minus one, and you decide to pull the unexpected courage back, you don't benefit from the
1: the wild symbols, right? Because right? it's that I. Don't exact the timing is like, you the time you get to pull the card back is before you evaluate like the actual values on cards you've committed and your base skill and gotcha. all that. I don't have the exact. That's really timing cool. Step off the top of my head, but yeah,
2: I am. I'm curious wow. about like when they design these cards and they put innate on this one are they thinking like, Oh, whenever we have a cool skill card, that would be like a really good fit for Silas and make Silas more interesting. We should make sure to put innate on it. Or is it more like this is innate because (laughs) it's uh the flavor of it is like that you're being very uh, defiant. Like, I'm curious to know how they, when we, when we go to Arkham Knights, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make sure to ask about this. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can't,
1: obviously can't disclose that type of uh, design discussion, (laughs) but
2: co-designer Ben can't reveal, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I
1: got the impression it was more uh, flavor was what they leaned towards, but you know that might have just been the group setting.
2: No, I th- I think that's probably mostly right, but it mm. is uh it is cool to to think about. Maybe they'll keep that in mind sometimes.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm. Um. Do you want to Ben? Do you want to do the next one? Uh, premonition.
1: Uh, sure. All right. So premonition is another mystic card. It's an event. Uh, it has the keyword augury on it which is, uh, I think, another keyword that hasn't come up anywhere yet. But anyway, it's a cost zero uh, intellect and agility icons on it. Uh, it is fast, and you can, but you can only play it during a free trigger player window. Uh, you put Premonition to play, and then you reveal a random chaos token from the bag and seal it on Premonition. And then it has a force effect, which is when a chaos token would be revealed from the chaos bag, you resolve the token sealed there as if it were revealed from the chaos bag instead. And then discard premonition. So this is like a card that you can play to like basically know what your next chaos bag draw will be. So you can kinda of plan around it like, oh, uh oh my next I got a tentacles, so I'm definitely just gonna fail someone's just gonna fail the next test that they do. Or oh, it's a it's a zero, or it's an elder sign, so I'm gonna I'm gonna succeed this next important test, so I don't need to commit cards. So it's another like a preemptive card that helps you like, you know, control whether you're going to pass a test or not.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I know I've said this before, but I would really fall back on kind of a rule of thumb being that things that are like having you prepare ahead of time for like not drawing a specific thing, I think are usually bad unless they're really, really pushed. I just think that usually you don't want cards that do that. I feel differently um I feel like
0: this card is one of those cards that you can justify putting into a deck. Um because of the absolute 100% insurance that what you put on that on premonition is the card that will be or is the chaos token that will be revealed. You know what I mean? Um the fact that it you know exactly what you're up against for your next um uh your next test is like is, like, the best information you could possibly have. Better than Lucky, right? Because Lucky, uh, well, I mean, Lucky you can kind of modify it as after it comes up, but I think that this is actually pretty good. Um, this is almost like purple Lucky, in a way,
2: I think. Whoa, settle settle down, Dane. Come on. <laughs> uh, Come on. Yeah, I don't... I Listen, I like this card a lot. It, it's certainly
1: uh, interesting, but I don't know if it's... I don't know. Maybe, maybe a certain deck... I...
2: I I would put this in my deck if I was pretty sure that no matter what token got sealed onto it, I would have some way of taking advantage of that information. So imagine there was, like, a mystic card that was like, oh, it's an event. Do a test. If you succeed, like, draw a card and get a money for each point you succeeded by, and if you fail, you are defeated. Like, something where, like, if you knew you were going to succeed, you could really benefit (laughs) from it. If if that card existed and I was like, oh, mm. I'm going to play Premonition and if I get a good token, I'm going to then play a card that really benefits me if I succeed. And if I get a bad token, I would also want to have some way to like definitely take advantage of that. Because as it is, I feel like a lot of times if you get a bad token on this, you've just very, very clunkily like wasted a test that you're going to fail. And if you get a good token on it, then you just do what you were going to do anyway and you know you're going to succeed. And that seems not good enough. Okay,
0: so, no, I agree there. Um, But I think that there is some room for discussion for this card uh, regarding survivor cards. There are uh, a lot of survivor cards, including ones that are coming up, that greatly benefit from you knowing the outcome of a Chaos Bag draw before you... uh, you know, before you actually have to deal with it. Things that would say, like, when you fail a skill test. Because then you can throw... The, or the, the next person to, to take a um, to take a test could be the survivor person, and they could get a lot of benefit out of it, right? They give out, like, rabbit's foot out. Uh, they're going to u- maybe use a card that we're going to talk about next um, to get even more benefit from failing it, right? Like, you can also kind of consider those things. One thing that I did want to mention about it, though, um, unlike Intrepid, this is not put into play as an asset this is put into play as an event and that's very strange for me because um how would something like this work when you have like selfina and you're using selfina's card to make a copy of it if it gets put under her because that's that's the investigator that i want to play this in but i'm not honestly sure how that works Ooh, that's actually
2: really interesting yeah because like intrepid it does specifically say yeah. make it like becomes an asset but this is like is it, this the only way that you right, can have right. a is this the only way you can have a non-asset card that is in play over a longer period of time or are there, uh, are the other ceiling cards? Do they work like that too? Cause there's been a lot of like
1: ceiling cards. Are assets, cards. Right? Yeah. There's, I haven't been paying sure they're just I, assets.
2: I haven't really been reading them very closely cause they're all bad, but I'm sure Dane has been paying more attention. I think most
1: of the seal cards are <laughs> assets. I mean, there's one that's an enemy, yeah. but there's one that's a what? And, uh, Mateo's personal weakness is like the, Uh, agents of Yig or something or snakes their enemies and they seal Elder Sign on them so I mean I guess I don't think they're limiting themselves just to assets but but... we
2: haven't seen like an event that seals things and doesn't become an asset or whatever yeah yeah
0: it's really weird in terms of Selfina that is really weird
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of like weird kind of broken rules thing you can do. Maybe with Safina, especially where you manage to like seal four tokens. And I don't know if that actually helps or hurts. It probably <laughs> depends which
1: tokens you seal. But what yes. are you thinking with yes. Safina that's going to let you like play this multiple times or do something weird with it?
2: Oh, wait a minute. Also, her her. so with Safina, can you play the Painted World to copy this? Because this is like you play during any player window. Like if that's you what, play Painted that's World. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Because if you painted world premonition, that means that you have a painted world copy of premonition out, which is technically still an event and also has a chaos token sealed on it. So can you do like three painted worlds, assuming you have all in your hand, of a premonition? And then how would you resolve that effect? Would the first one come into play be the first resolved or would they all resolve at the same time?
2: But I thought there was a thing where like if you painted world a fast event, it's not fast anymore. Or, Or isn't there something like that? Maybe I'm wrong.
1: Well, then you couldn't no, word it. There's something with Paint a World where, like, you can't use it to copy delve because it goes out of play and therefore lose or loses its text. Oh, maybe yeah, the World. Maybe yeah.
2: that's what I was thinking of. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Huh.
2: Uh, interesting card. Yeah, it's a really strange interesting yeah. card from a rules. I personally point of view. like it.
0: Yeah. I think I think the other not- the not- notable interaction is the thing with survivors, right? Like wh- who benefit from failing. Um, So you could kind of plan around that. You can have like a survivor and a seeker where when you're locking or-, or sealing the card there, it's like, okay, so the next one is an auto fail, which means that, you know, you can take it survivor because we know you love being bad at things
2: it, and benefit from it. But it's just a question of like, is it, do you really need to have a card that gives you the knowledge of what's coming up? or Are you better off just playing good cards and playing the odds? and saying like I have things in my deck that are good when I fail I have tests that are more likely to fail than others and I'll use them then I have other things that I want to succeed on and I'll I'll use those when I'm going to be more likely to succeed do you really need to have a whole card that just tells you what's going to happen next
0: who knows let's find out when it's reprinted at five influence or five uh, pips when you pull all of that chaos tokens out of the bag (laughs)
2: okay yeah that sounds forever Yeah. (laughs) there you go yeah (laughs) um so is is dane up next for live and learn yeah you bet him up next so
0: live and learn we're onto the survivor cards by the way um event uh zero cost to play uh it you can commit it for a wild symbol uh it's a spirit which is important for some people i think fast play after a skill test you failed ends after resolving all effects from the failed test attempt that test again you get plus two skill value for this test
2: Uh, much worse lucky. Let's
0: move on. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. One thing that I was thinking about, uh, is this card in a Yorick deck. When you throw your dagger, that means that you attempt the dagger throw again, right? You basically, like, kind of get your dagger throw back? Am I, am I reading that right?
1: It, it, it lets you repeat the test, basically, without having to pay the cost again. So, I don't, I just... You're talking about yeah. knife? Uh, I haven't looked at that in a while, but yeah. Uh, but what if
2: the the card that you were doing the
1: test off of is now gone, Is no longer there? Uh, that That's what I mean. I don't think that would have happened yet. Like, okay. you, don't you, like, oh well, no, you mean knife? Like, knife is like you discard it and then make an yeah, action. Knife, right? Yeah, knife, not dagger. So no, you would still repeat the test, because uh, the cost of playing knife is like discarding it, but you don't have to pay the cost again.
2: Right. See, this is great that we brought Ben on for so this So you episode just attempted again. This is the episode where there's a bunch of cards that we don't know how they work. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah. These are, these are cool cards, man. Yeah. I love these cards. So like live and learn, that was the first thing that I thought of. Like what about all these survivor cards that like, um, like the shovel uh, or the lantern? When you, when you break it, you get a clue. Uh, that's not a test. But like, um, you know, things like that when you discard them, um, you know, you kind of get another chance uh, using them kind of a, kind of a cool thing in that respect but i definitely agree that lucky's just straight up better yeah in most respects though i, mean, I think you could ha- as far as Yorick goes i might put this in my deck just to kind of like maybe as a one of to like ensure like maybe if i if i lose my knife because that always feels really bad when you're playing Yorick and you throw a knife at something and just like oh look it's auto fail because then you can live and learn and hopefully you can nail it with your knife and then you can get your knife back again right i like mean it kind of eliminates the being really this is up. a card
1: that uh, does counter tentacles, I guess, right? Because if you draw tentacles, you can just draw again. Um, yep. It's true.
2: I mean it's it's, exactly. it's
1: like what I've been saying about sort of like proactive versus reactive
2: cards that sort of save you from having bad stuff happen. I the reactive ones are definitely yeah, better, and this is this is reactive. I just think that we already have like lucky is a much better version of this. So I think the only way right. that the only way that I would think about playing this. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I could see having, like, two Luckies and then one of these in a deck, maybe. But, like... um
0: yeah. yeah, I think that's fair.
2: Yeah. I don't know.
0: Notably, like, both Live and Learn and Lucky you can only use on your own skill tests. This says a test that you failed ends.
2: Yeah, there's um, also... It would be kind of cool if it could be used on other people. I mean, maybe I was also a little bit too harsh on it. Because there's also this cost zero, which is pretty good. Um, and it, which is you know, lucky costs one, which usually isn't a big deal, but like every now and then it definitely is. So, I like, I still think lucky is better, but maybe it's not like so completely better as I initially thought. So, I don't know. This
1: one, this this card works a little bit better with dark horse, yeah. (laughs) Dark horse. Uh, Oh, my god.
2: (laughs) Well. Dan, take heart, because you're up next. Oh, oh, am I not up next for take heart? I actually like this card. Um, So take oh, heart no. Me too. is a survivor uh, skill. It's an eight. Max one committed per skill test. You may commit take heart to any type of test. If this test fails, the performing investigator draws two cards and gains two resources. So they basically get to resolve one one investigator's worth of stand together, which is obviously great.
0: That's that. Yeah, that's exactly how I was thinking of it, too. Yeah.
2: Um, um no i i think this is good like you have tests where you're pretty sure you're gonna fail uh and this just lets you without spending an action just get value off of it i th- I think that's pretty decent um yeah drawing cards is great Yeah, and yeah. you know are you uh, like we often complain about how if you're playing survivor you have a bunch of good cards like cunning distraction and stuff that cost money and you have no way to get money so this just helps you get a little bit of money and draws cards
1: yeah it's also innate yeah i agree is there,
2: does innate, uh, mm-hmm. oh, is innate the Silas thing?
1: Well, it's, well it doesn't matter for Silas yeah, thing, but it's already, the, yeah, because uh, he,
2: can, he can use it anyway. Like, who no,
1: cares? No, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure there's a card that lets you, like, fish innate cards out of your graveyard. Uh, oh,
2: yeah. I can't oh, remember right.
1: what it's called is. top of my head, but there definitely is one, so, which is also a survivor card. Yeah.
2: This definitely introduces huh. a new type of uh, hilarious, uh, hilarious screw-up for, like, if you're doing some kind of dumb drinking game or something, which is you could commit this to something useless that you know you're going to fail and you don't care if you fail and then draw an elder sign <laughs> and somehow succeed. That'd be really funny.
1: Yeah.
0: This is interesting, too, because I was thinking, like, okay, so let's say, like, a test you're guaranteed to fail if you're thin and you're drinking, right? Like... You're gonna fail any will test ever. So you play this when your friend decides to play Finn, and what I didn't realize is that it says the performing investigator draws two cards and gains two resources. That basically means that you can
2: use it on other people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh which is which is cool. But but that's pretty cool. By the way, one more thing, I think this is actually my favorite art of the pack, and I think the name and the art are really I was good. about to say that.
0: Yeah. I was about to say that this this premonition and otherworldly compass are definitely my like top three for the pack.
1: Wait, what? That top three? Oh, premonition. Okay, yeah. Uh, premonition
2: is also great because uh, it has a crazy bug monster biting uh, <laughs> into some lady's neck. Um, Isn't that Marie Lumbo? Uh, I think. Yeah, n- might be. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but uh, but this is this is a little bit more subtle. Um, they're both good. So.
1: Yeah, I like him. Yeah.
0: I think this is really good for for Silas too, right? Because if the test fails, you can consider it committed and then benefit from it or if not, you pull it back, right? Yeah, yeah he yeah, he could
1: so. commit this and pull it back. Uh well no, it, no, he wouldn't get the benefit cuz uh it has like an if the test fails well, no, condition. I'm, I'm saying that's, like that's after his trigger window.
0: Yeah, but that's what but, I'm saying though. Yeah, what what I mean like if it if it it succeeds, then you just pull it back in right. hand. But if it fails, then you consider it committed. No, yeah, right?
1: no, yeah, he could definitely use it that way if he hasn't drawn his defiance yet or his uh, yeah. Because yeah, it, yeah, it is because keep in card. mind he can
2: only he can only pull one card back, right? Yeah. So you can't like commit this and you probably wouldn't right. want to put this in a defiance and then lose one of them. But yeah.
0: But for all those people who aren't playing Silas, there is still um, try and try again. Try and try again, uh basically kind of almost allows you to be temporary Silas. am I right in saying that
1: uh yeah, so yeah. let's you lets you pull stuff back yeah
0: it it works, yeah, but it it works differently than the defiance thing. I don't think that that would allow the craziness of defiance to happen, but um but yeah you can you can kind of use that with take heart, maybe it'd be kind of cool who knows i don't Uh, yeah it's
2: it's definitely i mean i think we're kind of at the point with the card pool now where if you're playing like a guardian or a seeker it really feels like most of your deck is kind of already picked like there's enough cards that work well you don't have a lot of space to try weird stuff Mm -hmm. but if you're playing like a survivor yeah a new card like this comes out and you're like yeah that might be good let's give it a try cool uh so yeah so i think that's it seems like we all kind of like take heart seems like an interesting card um ben do you want to do the next one
1: uh sure yeah the next card uh is another survivor card the last one from the pack it is called against all art um no it is called against all odds yards. yeah yards. against all <laughs> gods God, well, foof. uh <laughs> God. yeah, you guys are the worst uh so <laughs> it's a survivor event uh has the spirit <laughs> keyword on it and uh cost two to play two xp to put in your deck it has a will, f- strength, and agility icon on it, and uh, it's fast. Play when you perform a skill test with a difficulty higher than your base skill value. Reveal X additional chaos tokens for the skill test. Choose one to resolve and ignore the others. Whoa. X is the difference between the test difficulty and your base skill value. So this is an interesting card. It uh, can help you out when you're doing, doing a test that you normally would be really bad at can make it so you like have a chance of passing it's also very great for like early game calvin uh which might be kind of who it's targeted at um (laughs) just because his base his or not early game calvin sorry all all the time calvin
2: but but why do you why do you not want bad things to happen to you as calvin again i thought the whole point of calvin is you're supposed to just like run headlong into you know horrible things
1: that that's his theme (laughs) Uh sorry I, I misspoke. This is actually great for Kelvin all the time uh because his base skill value is always 0. Uh, uh so until bad things have happened. Well, no no no, also, his his ability doesn't increase his base skill value. It just inc- oh, just gives him plus oh, whatever right. to his stats. Uh, Fantasy Flight also,
2: uh, they commissioned an original piece of art to put on this card that by sheer chance ended up looking extremely similar to the box art for Eldritch Horror. (laughs) Um, So that's a, that's that's a really interesting little uh, tidbit there.
1: It's Interesting coincidence there. I mean, it does have a train on it, which is pretty great. Like we're all oh, cool yeah, train we, here.
2: We obviously love trains. It's just, it's really shocking that like uh, someone just happened to almost perfectly uh, recreate <laughs> that, that image from the box of Eldritch War. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow, I honestly did not read this card at all before we just read it now.
1: <laughs> That's like, it. it's, huh. it's, it's bad for everyone. I think other than Calvin and Calvin, I'm, that's a purple effect though, right? Purple? So, I mean drawing extra tokens? Mystic. That's a mystic okay. effect. I got I got what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't think drawing multiple tokens and picking sorry. one isn't
2: necessarily a purple thing. Yeah. Uh, it often is, but I don't think it always is. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Cool. Cuz there's been things like there's the Guardian thing that's like spend extra ammo and that many you get to draw that many chaos tokens or something. Isn't there? Did I make what? did I make that up? What? What? Maybe you didn't. I have no idea. Maybe, I, maybe be... I dreamed that existed. I don't know. Holy. We should. Holy. Hell. Okay, we should go back. <laughs> we should go back and edit this part out. No, Convi- con- con- H- confirmed. No, Dan dreams no, about no, no, this no, game. No, no, no. Hang on. Wasn't there a card that was like a, a bad guardian card that was like when you use this when you do an attack on a firearm, spend like X bullets and you get to draw that many tokens yeah, and yeah, pick one yourself.
1: Yeah, I, oh, I think I'm you're right. Ha! That's ha, ha! That's
2: a thing. F- yeah. You guys.
1: I wasn't listening. I was I was thinking about against cards <laughs> and whether it's good or not for Calvin or not. Uh, even though oh. it's the only one he can use it. But uh, <laughs> that could possibly justify using it, but I'm not sure it's actually uh, even good for him. What is
2: this? So, so back, back I to agree. against all odds. So I know, Calvin's the bir- way I'm thinking about this is if you're trying to do a test where your base skill is like, say two lower than what the difficulty is, you are absolutely hmm. going to fail unless you draw like the elder sign or maybe your base skill is too lower, but you have some kind of thing that gives you plus one. So you're committing, you're using this and you're also have like a plus one on top of your base skill. So you're trying to find like the zero or the plus one or something. So I just think that's pretty bad because if you're far enough behind that you actually have a reasonable chance of finding the elder sign, then even the elder sign might not help you succeed. Yeah. Hmm. Like this is, I think this is only good if you have consistent high bonuses above your base stat, which is basically Calvin.
1: Yeah I, I, yeah, I think it's yeah, I usable. And Calvin might not be good for him. It's just, it's. I just realized as reading, as I was reading this. Oh yeah, this would be a card Calvin use, but because like the the dream, if you're Calvin,
2: is you have like four, you have like four to your mental stats because you've taken four horror, and you're doing a test that's like difficulty four or something. So you get to look at four tokens, and you can probably find like a zero or a plus one or an elder sign or something. Like that's kind of maybe yeah. how this is supposed to work. Right. And it costs two.
0: Yeah. Now that you mention it, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think Mm -hmm, this is. mm -hmm. I think I think you
2: definitely play this in Calvin, and I think it's terrible for everybody else. Yeah, and even in Calvin, there's probably better stuff. It's. I can't even. It's hard to even evaluate that because how does that even? How does that even? Right. So,
0: (laughs) yeah. So I think so far, honestly, in this pack, uh, uh, Survivors had a better better pull from these cards than. Uh, seekers have <laughs> i honestly think that uh with the one card that Rogue's got too the the rogue card is way higher quality than the seeker cards which is interesting i mean
1: rogue and survivor like need good cards so you know yeah
0: and i'm glad <laughs> i'm really glad that these are these are good yeah for for in in situations yeah i mean
2: we haven't talked about the neutral cards yet but i think for the non-neutral cards definitely lola and take heart i think are the ones that i like best yeah so
0: yeah yeah. So let's move on to the neutral cards then. Yep. Okay. Do you want to, Dane, do you want to read uh, a... Trenchcoat. 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 Costs three. It's an asset. Uh, you can commit it for one agility. Uh, it's an item. Clothing. Important. Uh, you get one foot uh, or agility during evasion attempts. And it's also got a quote from the Dirge of Reason on it. <laughs> Notably. I just, I just realized that now. Um, and it uh, has two health... Uh, Bonus stat on it, and it takes up your body slot um I don't know why this foot is only during evasion attempts. That was my first
1: question i mean they, well it would it would just be too good otherwise. I don't think they <laughs> they, they want to make yeah. they make neutral cards like not as good as class cards, so like if they made it up sure, they made yeah. you get a plus if it was a body slot that just gave you plus one agility all the time, that'd be great, right because everyone could take it. There's not much competition for body slot. That'd be pretty good. And it's like a little bit of, it's like a better, it would be like you could, yeah, it's a little bit of health soak as well. So
2: yeah, I think Ben's right. I think it's, if this was just unconditional plus one agility and it soaks a little bit of health, I think that just anybody that had enough money to consistently play this would just always
1: play it. But as it stands now, it's like expensive uh, evasion, We don't do too much of that, or I mean, obviously we've done a lot more and forgotten age, but usually it's just, uh, like rogues Mm. and I don't know, Ursula and Wendy that want to evade a lot. So like, this is good if you're like doing an evasion focus build, but it's definitely not good. It's not like auto include in anything else really.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's notably
0: like it can come back with York, but
1: so like imagine that you
2: imagine that you're you're trying to put in something that saves you from a little bit of uh you know physical damage and imagine you can like maybe use leather coat or you can put in a bulletproof vest or you can put in this and uh you know it it saves you from 2 health damage and if you're going to be evading a few times like if we've seen in forgotten age that it it is kind of good to have somebody that can pretty consistently evade things I don't think that this is good. I think it's one of those cards that you kind of like grudgingly put it in your deck and it is useful, but it seems like it probably could have been a little better. Like it could cost two instead of three and it still wouldn't be too good. You
1: know? Yeah. Also it, it definitely, as you, I, you yeah. mentioned the dirge of reason, because it's a trench coat, which is obviously uh Roland's uh, signature piece of clothing. I don't think this card is good for Roland uh, at yes. all. Yeah, it is, it's, 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 it's really, nope, so it's really it's
2: weird that it's completely useless for Roland, basically, <laughs> who's never going to evade anything ever. Uh,
1: I mean, he's, he's got like a two, <laughs> so this puts him a three, but he could just shoot it or side with a machete at, uh, and, and get,
2: get a also clue. Gives him health, <laughs> get a which clue. He is nine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah. If it if yeah. it had like sanity on it instead of health, I wow, mean that wow. that wouldn't make sense. But then Roland might play it. But yeah, yeah it wouldn't make yeah. any sense. But but instead uh, he's you know just gonna get that elder sign amulet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, do we want to move on to the, yeah. the last card of this pack?
2: Yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, so ornate bow, this is neutral. It's an asset. It takes up two hand slots. It is an item, a relic, a weapon, and it's ranged it cost four resources. Three XP has a strength and an agility icon on it. Uh, you, it has one ammo. It starts with one ammo. There's limit one ammo on it, you can spend an action and spend one ammo to do a fight, uses agility instead of strength. You get plus two agility and do plus two damage with this attack. You can also spend an action to knock another arrow, place one ammo on it. So that's all kind of confusing. It has two different abilities. Basically, it starts with one ammo on it. You can spend an action to put another ammo on it if it's empty. That's like putting the arrow on the bow. Or you can spend an ammo to fight and you get to use agility. You get a little bonus and it does plus two damage. So pretty pretty powerful weapon with a pretty severe limitation i think.
1: I mean i think it can work well in mm-hmm. a couple decks. Uh it's definitely not for everybody. And it's not great that it takes up two hand slots, but like uh like windy can make good use of this. Uh may- maybe yeah, Ursula? Absolutely. Silas? Silas has good agility and fight.
0: Oh, I wouldn't even think about Ursula. Um wow. She could do drive bys with this cuz she's a race car. Um uh,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think they had the race cards in the nineteen twenties dane uh so in in terms of
2: thinking they, of do you do you actually put this in your deck? do you pay three experience for it and pay four to play it? I think the thing you have to think about is there's some there's some cards in the game like machete that are pretty reliable, like I'm gonna play this and be able to use it a lot and fight a lot of enemies with it. And then there's other things like I've got a plan that are kind of more like emergency. I'm not going to be doing that much fighting, but if I have to, occasionally I have like a powerful card that will do it like once per game. So is this, with the limitation of like putting ammo on it and stuff, is this good enough that a player, a character that's using this can actually fight things consistently the way that like a guardian with a machete can, or are we thinking of this as more like a I've got a plan style card?
1: Well, because it has the reload action, unless you have a way to put ammo on it, it's probably not going to be super consistent for fighting. But you're definitely hoping that,
2: like, one shot is going to kill a lot of things. Yeah.
1: Right. But it's like, so two actions to kill a three health enemy. uh, Maybe more if you have other ways to boost the damage, but.
2: And having the flexibility of, like, I'm going to keep an ammo on it, I'm going to kill something, and then hopefully I'll reload it immediately. But, like, maybe I, if I had to, like, move, move, shoot, maybe I reload next turn or something, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. this card would also be good for Skids, because he could get the uh, Venturer. Uh, is it the Venturer? There's definitely a combo with, like, the Venturer uh, that yeah, you yeah, can, yeah. like, the guardian. convert a uh, supply token that's on him to, like, an ammo for as a free action so he can like auto that could be really good auto reload the bow i'm not sure if anyone else has access to both
0: same thing with leo right
1: leo uh yeah well yeah but leo's agility is bad he's an agility of one is it yeah oh and by leo you mean larry anderson right (laughs) well like yeah that's how
2: much i play leo (laughs) that's so that's kind of the thing i think if the character i think if you don't have four agility you shouldn't play this right yeah. Or like, is there maybe, yeah, like yeah, even yeah. Jenny who has three, like maybe, but I, th- I think you need at least three is really sketchy for, then you can start talking about like, this is probably good. So that limits a lot, the type of characters that are going to use it.
0: Okay. So here's my thought. Now that Ben mentioned that it can be used in Ursula, oh, no. <laughs> uh, I noticed that it is a relic. And there are seeker cards that allow you to play I think it's an ally yeah, that allows you there to There is an ally
1: for doctor like for somebody, but there's an ally that lets you like draw some number of cards and she can like hold them for you. Uh so that that is a combo you could do, but that means you're giving up like Milan, or at least until you get charisma.
2: I mean you're you're a seeker, just play like cryptic research and yeah, sketches yeah. and stuff. Just and, find it.
1: And yeah, I mean I'm just else, saying, uh, it
0: as a it kinda has synergy well, with that
1: well, Back relic. up, wait a second. You're playing Ursula, so you've access to Melteroni.
2: Yeah, like if so. you're if you're Ursula, you already have Melteroni and I've got uh, a plan. Like that's what I was asking, like is uh, this do you play listen, this instead of those? I'm
0: just saying.
2: Like there
0: Okay, so synergies with Ursula is that you can play it. Uh, relic synergies there. Also Ursula tends if if you have like pathfinders and stuff, you're not really using a lot of actions to actually investigate. Um just because you have your Ursula triggers happen all the time, so really, there's like you could, you could, I could see somebody like making an argument to put this in an Ursula deck because you, you have also takes extra up your hand like knock an arrow and shoot things.
1: I mean, yeah. No so magnifying
2: you're not no, Yeah, you're not statues. using statues. Ugh, you're not using magnifying it. glasses. Uh, forget you're it. You're yeah. Not, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, like I. Ugh. So I teamwork a bandolier. <laughs> I think this card. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I I think this card is really neat and really interesting and really well designed. <laughs> I am excited to try it. I feel like the number of investigators that are going to be able to use it well is pretty limited. Um and that's like the main question for me is is this going to be good enough and reliable enough that you can be like, I'm going to be our group's fighter person and I'm going to use this and this is going to be my main yeah. weapon. Or is it just like the restrictions, the double hand slot, the having to spend an action to put another arrow on it. Is that just going to be a little bit too much? And this is relegated to like a backup way to deal with things. That's what I, that's what I'm curious about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It does have synergy with the, um the overall rogue theme of, dodging things and like sneak attack and uh what's the new one that came out um that lets you after you dodge somebody the next attack deals plus one damage um hatchet man
1: is that right it, it's bad i already forgot about it <laughs> i don't i don't remember <laughs> which one we're talking talk about either yeah uh i think it's hatchet I remember man there's like stunning blow that lets you like evade and attack
0: yeah it's stunning blow isn't it No, no, no. It's like the opposite. Almost the
1: opposite. Stunning Stunning blow the red one. This is the green one. He's talking about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't
1: know. But pretty pretty
2: sure it's called the Really really neat card that seems fun to play. Like the first time that you shoot something and kill a thing that has three health and then like reload afterwards and kill something again, it's gonna feel awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. Solid card. I think that this whole pack has has offered some pretty cool cards. Um some more niche like the defiance upgrade and um, live and learn and, and uh, definitely some overtly solid cards. Um, Lola being probably <laughs> the only one um, take heart is pretty cool f- from a Silas perspective too. an ornate bow just seems pretty solid and interesting for some players.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, out of 13 player cards, we, we got, you know, uh, a couple like Lola that are actually going to be really good in some decks a couple that are interesting, like take heart and ornate bow that are going to be like fun to play with and mess around with. So that's cool.
0: So, yeah, I think the quality cards. Awesome. Um, That kind of wraps everything up though, right? For, for this pack. What did you guys think? Uh, Comments, questions. How'd you feel about these cards? Uh, Let us know if you want to at uh, Miskatonic university radio at gmail.com or just comment on uh, Reddit or Stitcher or however you feel. Uh, we're going to be working on wrapping up the rest of the player cards, uh, pro- hopefully within the next episode. Um, so, And we'll also be uh, previewing Arkham Knights uh, because the time looms. So again, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next episode.
2: Bye. Bye.